Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. We're running against a radical left ideology. Their messenger is Sleepy Joe. Their messenger is Sleepy Joe. But he's going to do whatever they tell him to do, you know it. Their messenger is Sleepy Joe. And you will have a disruption of the likes of which our country has never seen. He's going to do things that nobody ever would ever think even possible because he's following the radical left agenda. Take away your gun. Destroy your Second Amendment. No religion, no anything. Hurt the Bible, hurt God. They're against religion, Bible. Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on the 2020 election and related catastrophes. Hey, y'all. I'm David, and I'm joined by my friends, Starly. Hi, Starly. Hi. And down in earthquake country, we got Long John Silver. John, how are you holding up after that little uh, rump shaker that Mother Nature threw at you the other morning? What was it? A 3.6, 6.7? 5.3. Respect. Yeah, not too bad. What was it like, John? Didn't feel it, heard it, but did not feel it. The one who smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> if I woke up with rumbling, I would interpret it as, oh, black beans for dinner last night. <laughs> That's why they call me the Earthquaker. Sometimes you're a 6.9. <laughs> nice. Sometimes I'm a 4.20. A coat for marijuana. This was the second earthquake here that I've experienced. This is more of hurricane country. Good thing we're cutting the hurricane budget then. Good thing we're taking from it. President Trump making waves the other day with a so-called executive order to fund another round of COVID relief. Promising to cut the payroll tax. Goodbye, Medicare. Goodbye, Social Security. Hello, hurricanes. The rumble in the jungle has just begun to tumble with John Cumble. <laughs> what if your last name was Cumble instead of Kimble, John? Last week, Starly complained. I kind of object to the word complaining. Kvetching. Starly noted that we live in a society with very few happy surprises these days, that most surprises are of the nightmarish quality. Then what happened? There was actually a happy surprise. This was a race that was not on my radar until it was over. And everyone on my Twitter feed was talking about it. Cori Bush, Democratic representative, won the primary in Missouri's first congressional district. This was a big old upset against a 10-term incumbent, Lacey Clay. Cori Bush ran for this same seat two years ago. It was in that documentary. The one I just watched a week ago. Is it bringing down the house? Something like that. No, that's Queen Latifah. That's the Steve Martin, Queen Latifah movie. <laughs> As foretold in the Queen Latifah, Steve Martin vehicle, bringing down the house. You guys know the documentary. We're, t we're talking about the AOC documentary. Yeah. It was called Knock Down the House on Netflix. Featured Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, is that what that stands for? It does. <laughs> This is a long-winded way of saying that something that was a happy surprise finally occurred in this country, this national toilet bowl that we're all swimming around in. 
Cori Bush won her primary. She's a new member of the squad and the squad has all gotten, everyone was worried they were going to get primaried and they've all survived. So that's been uplifting too. Yeah, it's amazing. I, that was, ex- go ahead. Sorry. No, you talk. I just was going to comment on the name Lacey Clay, which, which seems like it's out of Hollywood. Cori Bush is African-American. Lacey Clay is African-American. Basically inherited the seat from his father. They've had that seat, I think, since the 50s, his family, something like that. It, I, I think the name Lacey Clay, I do really like mm-hmm. it. If I didn't know anything about the two candidates, I probably would have voted for Lacey Clay because I like the name so much. Wow. It's the way the first and the last name resonate with one another. It's the L-A-C-Y-C-L-A-Y. Starly, you and me are totally on the same page about this. Yeah, you guys are all over this Cori Bush news. <laughs> I got to say, this Cori Bush analysis is amazing. <laughs> So Cori Bush, I guess, got her political awakening in the Ferguson protests. She was a leader in that movement. She is a single mom with two kids. She was homeless for a time. She's a nurse and a pastor. And during the campaign, she had COVID. This is like if Marvel Comics had a DSA imprint. This would be their superhero they would have come up with. And um, Sunday was the anniversary of Michael Brown's killing. And I went to a demonstration and Michael Brown's cousin was there speaking, and she gave a shout out to Cori Bush during her remarks as an example of someone who, you know, took the opportunity of this moment of protest and awakening and just ran with it. And she looks like she's going to run all the way to the U.S. Capitol and the House of Representatives. So she's definitely a happy surprise. Her whole thing is that she says, like, I know what it's like to be working class. I I want it to be a representative that people can come to and actually tell their problems to. I want to be someone who can fix things. It just seems so hugely important to have someone who isn't so far gone that they forget what it's like to connect with the people that they're representing and trying to help. Yeah, totally. In these past two weeks, I feel so frustrated by what's happening with the new relief bill. The people in charge dropping the ball on this bill. What is going on? It has now been two weeks since unemployment extension expired. It's so gummed up now. Even if they put the extensions back, it's going to take weeks and weeks. Somehow it's hit me harder than anything that's happened in this pandemic because I just, the business as usual of them just going into work, fighting with each other, telling us that the Republicans suck. We know that. We don't need them to like be doing little jabs at the Republicans right now. I need them to be not going home. I need them to be sleeping at the office. I need them to be saying we're not going on break. We're not taking any time off. People are starving. I need them to be talking directly to us. We're so untended to. We're so untaken care of. Right. And even if they don't have the votes to pass the bill they want, Chuck Schumer should not be out giving press conferences where he's asking the Republicans to, quote, meet them in the middle. What the fuck are you talking about? Meet us in the middle. You have to let go of this fantasy of a world of politics and deal making that does not exist anymore. It doesn't exist. Put aside whether it's appropriate to meet someone in the middle when they're trying to slash unemployment insurance in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. This is going to be the worst economic crisis since the fucking Great Depression. What are you talking about? Meet us in the middle. And I saw Chuck Schumer do an interview on something yesterday, Meet the Press or something. He has a fresh new haircut. He took time out to get that cut. These people should be looking so shaggy and sloppy. (laughs) They should be all having pandemic mustaches. Well, I don't want to force that on the American citizens. They're already fragile and broken enough. You don't need you don't need Chuck Schumer showing up looking like how I'm looking these days. People are like Teen Wolf is up here. <laughs> the only person I saw talk directly to us, AOC did little like 
bubbles on her Instagram stories about this, saying like she knows how frustrating this is and she wanted people to directly ask her questions. To me, that's like the real division with these new young progressive politicians that are coming into power. I know it does feel like right now our political system is just not up to these challenges, especially when one is operating in complete bad faith and maybe the other one is operating in somewhat bad faith. But last night, Nancy Pelosi released something to her Democratic colleagues. This might be just the thing that Starley is looking for. This is bold action coming from the Democratic Party leadership. Mm -hmm. I hope you'll find this reassuring that on August 9th, Speaker Pelosi released a special prayer to her colleagues of things to pray about. As we all know, nothing is more powerful than the power of prayer during times of crisis. On this Sunday morning, as we pray for the American people, I wanted to share a responsive prayer for justice. Pray for those who are hungry. Pray harder for those who will not feed them. I think she's subtweeting the Republicans via prayer. Pray for those who struggle each week to pay their bills. Pray harder for the wealthy who do not care. Pray for those who are homeless. Pray harder for those who deny them shelter. Pray for the sick and lonely. Pray harder for those who will not give them comfort. Pray for those who cry out for dignity. Pray hard. Why? (laughs) Why would you pray harder for the assholes who are making the people who really need the prayers lives miserable? This is the whole fucking problem, this fucking prayer. Pray for those who are hungry. Pray harder for those who will not feed them. That phrase is doing so much work there. They will not feed them. Oh, why won't they feed them? They're hungry. Why won't they feed them? Why the fuck would I pray for somebody who won't feed a hungry person? Why would you pray for the ones? (laughs) They have have food. I'm not going to waste a prayer on some fat, rich fuck who's- They have the power. So that's why you're praying harder for them. You're praying for them to do the right thing. I know, John. It's supposed to be like, oh, but we should pray even more for these, for Jeff Bezos, who's not using his money to solve anything because he must be lost and sad. Are you fucking crazy, Nancy All I knew was that she had a prayer. I hadn't read the prayer. This prayer fucking sucks. You will never, I mean, I was going to say you will never see this prayer in the Book of Common Prayer, but maybe when the, if they just keep debasing the English language to make s- scripture more and more accessible, maybe they'll have the Nancy Pelosi version of the New Testament or something, but come on, what the fuck? You think Jesus in the money temple, when he went to the temple and was fucking with those money lenders, he was like, oh, but I really need to pray for these people more than the people they're exploiting. Come on, Nancy. This is so disgusting. Nancy Pelosi is worth $200 million, okay? Yeah. Put your money where your prayers are. It should be pray for those who are hungry. Pray harder for those who will not feed them, for they shall soon be strung up by their own entrails across the lampposts (laughs) surrounding the town square. Pray for those who struggle each week to pay their bills. Pray harder for the wealthy who do not care, for they shall be completely divested of their money and their lives as our hordes of (laughs) as our hordes of of marauders exact justice upon their bloated corpses. Pray for those oppressed by unjust wages. Pray harder for those who exploit them, for they should be thrown into the wood chipper of an angry God. (laughs) (laughs) Pray for those who bear the yoke of prejudice. Pray harder for those who discriminate against them. Why is she doing a prayer at all? Because she fucking sucks. Because (laughs) Nancy Pelosi fucking sucks. She fucking sucks. That's why. It's condescending. It's patronizing. It's worse than useless because it completely misdiagnoses the nature of the problem, which is not that rich people are selfish and we should pray for them to open their hearts to love so that they'll 
give money to poor people or not throw a family out on the street because they haven't had a fucking job in six months because of a pandemic the government fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's like when there's a fucking school massacre and all the Republicans come out and say, oh, thoughts and prayers. And then everybody on the other side of Twitter dunks on them. It's the exact same thing as thoughts and prayers. It's bullshit. I hate to use such a strong word when it comes to (laughs) politics, but I have a sneaking suspicion that Nancy Pelosi's prayer for restorative justice (laughs) is bullshit. Okay? I mean, I'll put on my morning zoo hat. I'll say this is, we should have three foghorns. Honk, honk, honk. This is bullshit. It's offensive. It's offensive. It's worse than not doing anything. Yes. And you think Cori Bush... Or AOC, let's get back to this idea of these a new generation of leadership coming up who actually know what it's like to not have money, who know what it's like to have student loans, who know what it's like to be homeless with two kids like Cory Bush. You think if all this is going on in two years, Cory Bush is going to be like, um, you know what? Let me take a break from working on this bill and knock out a little poem, a, a little <laughs> dying fucking home. This is like if, this is like if you went to the CVS and in the greeting card section. <laughs> Alongside uncle's birthday, nephew's birthday, happy graduation. They had a section that was restorative economic justice. And you went there and got some fucking lame ass Hallmark card and it had like a flower on the front. And then you open it up and it says, during this time of crisis, let us pray for those who are hungry. But let us like, come on. Yeah. Corey Bush and AOC. This is the difference, Starly. You're right. AOC spent her weekend answering constituent and citizen questions via Instagram in clear, accessible language, acknowledging how fucking terrifying everything is right now and how right everyone is to be so scared. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi sends out a fucking fake-ass Hallmark, watered-down, fucking revised standard version New Testament bullshit prayer on her letterhead. There's no comparison between these two styles of political engagement. And there's no reason for anyone to have any faith in Nancy Pelosi based off this fucking bullshit prayer. This prayer sucks. And I like, I like prayer. I came up with, I came up with the book of common (laughs) prayer, the Episcopal church. I know the prayers of the people. I know the Psalms. I know the hymns. I know the the old Testament versus the new Testament. And I do hope that Joe Biden hurts God. Like Donald Trump said, I hope Joe Biden knocks God the fuck out. Cause the Nancy Pelosi won't be able to make any more dumbass prayers. Oh my God, that would be so exciting. Joe Biden gets inaugurated. He says, my first decision is I. we are at war with God Almighty. <laughs> Cori Bush is also a pastor. So she's going to be able to outpray. I know, exactly, too. exactly. This is the thing. Oh, this country is fucked. I got really depressed last night, guys. I think Trump is going to win again. No. This country is a mess. I hate to be, prov- I hate, again, I hate to be provocative. <laughs> this country is a fucking mess right now. Yeah. What did it last night? I just read all these goddamn articles in the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Mistake number one. I read a, three articles. He's not going to win. He, it's, he's very unlikely to win. John, he's literally tearing down the post office across the country and nobody is going to do anything. Nancy Pelosi is going to be like, pray for those who cannot receive their medicine through the mail. Pray harder for those who have decided that these people will not get their medicine. Come on, man. I have a fucking package that Corey, the Kenosha kid, sent me a month ago 
with a couple of my delay pedals and a couple of my noise boxes <laughs> that have been in storage. I can't even track this thing anymore. It's so off the grid when it comes to the post office. Really? You're having trouble there? They told me last week it was going to show up on Thursday. And now when I click on it, they're basically like, we don't fucking know. Come and find it yourself. This is a big country. Wow. <laughs> and I'm not blaming I'm not blaming the postal workers. Yeah. I'm blaming what's his name to joy. The new postmaster general who has like $70 million invested in companies that compete directly with the post office. This country is so fucked. The the mail, I had the same thing happen. I've had a package for I've been waiting for a package for a month too, and it and you can there's no information. The only way you can find information right now is if you go to AOC's Instagram stories. Next time she has a little QA bubble, I'm gonna ask to track my mail because I can't find out any information anymore on the internet. AOC, where are my effects pedals that Corey sent me? I mean, honestly, she'll probably be like, I'll have a staffer look into it and they'll get back to me DM 20 minutes later. Okay, so my staffer tells me that they are being held at a warehouse in Kansas City. Yeah, exactly. But I know that pedal, I can just solder my own and I'll send it to you. <laughs> oh, AOC, hurry up. Get older, AOC. Get older so you can take over this fucking shithole. Thank you, Cory Bush, for a happy surprise. I put this down as an EPM happy surprise. A fucking happy surprise. We're grateful for her. Honestly, when it comes to political news, the Cory Bush victory and learning about Cory Bush because I didn't know anything about her until I saw she had won. It's the news that I carried with me throughout the week. Like, oh my God, good things can still happen. I'm stoked and I'm excited for her. Yeah, and we can't have all the pressure be on AOC. That's not fair to AOC. Yeah, right, exactly. And that's the other thing. We have to also let go of this... You know, this one person will save us, whether it's fucking Robert Mueller or AOC or Barack Obama. Like, that's just not I mean, I understand the power of a charismatic leader is incredible. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, you just got to take everything. Take every seat in the house. Flip as much as you can. You know, fuck it. So thank you, Cori Bush. Thank you, Cori Bush. All right, John, I've talked enough. You do the rest of the show. So we got uh, Markey and Kennedy. We got a primary coming up in Massachusetts. Kennedy is primarying Markey, who has been a senator since how long? 40 years at least. Yeah. Kennedy was endorsed by the late John Lewis. So he has some progressive support. In the past week, other progressive candidates, Veronica Escobar, uh, who's a, a U.S. House candidate in Texas, came out and endorsed Kennedy. And Kennedy has been leading in the predicted markets for a long time, you know, up as high as 80 cents until about uh, a week ago. And they switched places. And now everyone seems to think that Markey is going to win. Markey has the momentum at this point. Markey's the progressive candidate in this, right? Markey and Kennedy are both pretty liberal Democrats, but I think Markey is a little more to the left of Kennedy. Markey co-sponsored the Green New Deal with AOC. I think Kennedy has a lot more financial industry backing than Markey. So I think if you decouple their ideology from their like generation or their institutionalism or whatever, which is obviously hard to do with Kennedy because you know he was more ensconced in Washington as a newborn than most people are after 60 years on the Hill just because of his family. Markey is is the more progressive candidate. And David, you think that Markey's going to win? Well, I had not paid a lot of attention to this race until we got some suggestions as to why we should talk about it. And then I looked into it and I did some reading and I decided that I would prefer Markey to Kennedy just because I hate political dynasties. I'm sorry, man. I just think it sucks. I think it really, I think it's just bad. Yeah. I understand why it happens. 
you know, I would vote for John Kimball. And then if John Kimball's daughter ran, I would vote for her too, because that's a good, strong family. But it's just like the Kennedys guys, this is going to sound so mean, but like, let it go. <laughs> let it go. Right. It would be one thing if Kennedy was like super radical left and was like, fuck it. Campaign slogan, ACAB, all cops are bastards. <laughs> vote Joe Kennedy the third. But it's not like that. He's substantially so similar to Markey, then it's like, why are you running for this seat, dude? And he's running for this seat because otherwise he would get in a crowded primary field for Warren's seat or whatever. It comes across as lame. It feels like entitlement. Oh, yeah. So I got in on Markey. I should have gotten in earlier. Obviously, I should have gotten in when he was way below Kennedy a couple of weeks ago. But now it does seem like everyone's going to come around and Markey is going to win. Markey's campaign released the, I mean, <laughs> it gets the generation versus political ideology, you know, center left spectrum. It gets even muddier when you see this YouTube video that the Markey campaign put out, which is like a kind of weird <laughs> vaporwave remix of an old Markey ad from like 30 years ago. It's hard to wrap your mind around. Uh, we can put it on our Patreon page. I think if we asked our listeners, which I am now doing, Anyone who lives in Massachusetts who's supporting Kennedy over Markey, I would like to know if there's a reason other than it's just time for some new blood. You know, Markey's been in that seat for way too long because I think this is what's interesting. Saying something like that, oh, he's so old, he's been there forever. That's usually shorthand for what we were talking about earlier vis-a-vis Cori Bush and this generational thing, which is they've been in that seat for so long, they forgot what it's like for life to suck. And I usually... I usually go along with that. Like I was saying that about Joe Biden, like this old dude, why are we voting for this fucking old man? The world that he knows is not the world we are stepping into. But with Ed Markey, it's like, yeah, he's old and he's been there forever, but he seems like a good guy. The age and the institutional, that's all about sensibility. That's all about your ideals and stuff. Maybe Markey has the body of an old man, but he feels like he has the young progressive fighting spirit of a young Instagram star. Like let him stay there if he's doing good work. I don't care. After Bernie... If you're a young progressive, you can't really just get mad at someone for being an old progressive because they right. worship an old progressive. <laughs> Their God is an old God. Yeah. <laughs> John, are you going to get into Markey versus Kennedy? I want you in here. Nope. I'm only focused on the VP markets. Oh, my God. All right. You guys can talk about that. That is where 100% of my focus is. You have a little story to tell about your VP market activity. <laughs> well, uh, I've, I've been... Um, in the VP market for many, many hours <laughs> the past few weeks. And yesterday, I suddenly couldn't access Predictit anymore, but I could access plenty of other websites. They had blocked my IP address. And I thought, what is going on? Why would they block my IP address? And then I realized they probably think I'm a bot <laughs> because I've been on here 20 hours a day. Or they think I'm running some sort of software that's trading or scraping data, and they just, they completely blocked me. John Kimball, prove to us right now that you are not a robot. What could you say right now to prove you're not a robot? I don't know. What's the last feeling you had? What's the last time you felt something? Oh, 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 oh. oh we are not this little, no, no, no. This topic is closed executive action from the Morning Zoo crew. No feelings talk. We are live on air. There will be no discussion of empathy or feelings. I just want to say for the record that I did email predicted and obviously I convinced them that I was I was not a bot. Right. So this is what I'm getting at. This is a Turing test. How did you convince yeah. them that you weren't a robot? 
I just said I'm a regular guy and I don't know why I'm blocked. That's what a robot would say. <laughs> That's exactly what a robot would say. I am a regular guy who enjoys spending 20 hours a day predicting vice presidential picks. As you can see, I am normal human man with typical humanoid interests. Right. But I am unblocked now and I'm back on the VP market in a very healthy way and hoping that this is going to get resolved in the next few days. Right, Starly? Are you hoping as well? Uh, yeah. Starly's been texting me all weekend saying, I, <laughs> I need an exit strategy. I, I got to get out of this thing. I do. Ask Nancy Pelosi to write you a prayer. Maybe that'll do it. I want him to announce, of course, but I need to smooth out a few rough spots on my max payout sheet. I'm not really making anything unless Elizabeth Warren wins at this point. Ooh. Right. So you're where I was last week where I, I had this mess and I had hedged myself into not making anything. I've got a pretty good looking sheet at the moment and I'm I'm happy. Yeah, I liked your sheet. It looks really good. So hopefully this will be over this week and uh, Starly and I will get out and make, you know, 100, 500. 40, <laughs> 20. Lose 1,000. <laughs> We'll find out. It's the VP market that has finally cemented your student master predicted relationship. This is like, um, what's that uh, samurai movie? Um, It's used in hip hop samples all the time. Lone Wolf and Cub. There's a samurai who's walking all over creation, chopping people's heads off. And he's got this little kid that he carries in a basket on his back while he's committing all this mayhem. That's the two of you. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we engage in some listener questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Tape recorder talk last week generated, I'm happy to say, a healthy amount of interest from our listeners. I'm so flattered and encouraged by people's questions and suggestions vis-a-vis tape recorders. Guys, I might do a special Patreon episode all about my tape recorders. But for now, question from Teddy. Hello, profit makers. As one VP market nears its close, I look across the Fury Road To another VP market, will Pence be the 2020 GOP vice presidential nominee? I'm buying some no shares on Pence at 11 cents. Do you think a more desperate than usual Trump could pull a Nikki Haley VP pick to shake up the race? P.S. David, I have a soldering iron, but so far have only destroyed a tiny amplifier. What is a good place to start with circuit bending? John? I feel like we've answered this. Well, I'm in this market and have been in this market for a long time. How's it doing? A lot of movement? I got in in May. Oh, man, look at this. Look at all this red. I'm losing money. I would say, Teddy. No, don't listen to David. He's he's not going to drop pence. It's just too late. It's 10 cents, man. That's cheap. Let him buy some shares for 10 cents. Let Teddy have a treat. And also, we don't. We do have to remember that we ne- we do not know anything that's going to happen anymore. I know this. I agree with Starly. This is uncharted territory. I bought no on Pence at 17, so I'm way underwater because now it's at 10. But I say, Teddy, get in at 10 cents. Why not? 10 cents for no Mike Pence? That's a good price. Join me in Valhalla, all shiny and chrome. Let's go. The Fury Road. We're betting against Mike Pence being the vice presidential Republican nominee. John Kimball, you might live to eat your words. Mm, no. I'm going to be out here hanging off the back of a truck playing a guitar that's spitting flames out of it. Unless Pence dies, he's not going to be replaced. That can be said. Yeah, I mean, that could happen. He might get COVID. Look what happened to Herman Cain. It could happen. I wouldn't say that there's a 10% chance that Pence is going to die. Herman Cain died. Herman Cain died just from a rally. Mike Pence is up Trump's ass every day. 
<laughs> well, Teddy, you jump in with us, get on the Fury Road with me and check in in a couple months and let us know how you're doing. John and I will compare notes. Oh, and the circuit Benny thing, I'll talk to you later about that. That's going to be in my my special Patreon episode. I'm going to be soldering live on microphone. It's going to be the most exhilarating audio you've ever heard. 45 minutes of me soldering and mumbling to myself about the injustices of this cursed earth. Gregory writes, I love the show. The Morning Zoo really brightens my commute. I've Oh, wait, this is about tape recorders. Oh, wait, no, here, here's the part that's not about tape recorders. I was so happy. I felt so happy everyone wrote about tape recorders. Thank you guys so much. Okay. He has all these questions about tape recorders, which I'm going to skip for now. And then he says, P.S. I also hate the VP markets. (laughs) This is when I knew this guy was my buddy. This guy. What do you, Starley Quinn and Long John Silver, think about the will Trump finish his first term market? I'm betting on him losing the election and then the price of no shooting sky high. So this is something, again, that we have discussed in previous episodes, allowing ourselves some flights of fancy. And again, this is a market that I am invested in because I'm a passionate investor. Will Trump finish his first term? Now, I have investment in the market. Will Trump resign during his first term? And this is a distinction with a bit of a difference. And I agree with the theory here, which is that if he loses the election... He might just quit. And I I allow myself to believe that because I think it would be really funny. But the alternative is darker, which is that he stays in office and just completely just burns everything down. I don't think Trump cares about this country enough to destroy it. So if he loses, I anticipate just moping and TV watching and maybe he finally starts drinking. But I don't think he would be like a single, it would be a single-minded vendetta to destroy us because he doesn't personally care. He doesn't care about judges. That's what you're saying. He's not like, oh, we're going to ramp through so many, so many pro-life judges. But I think people will give him stuff to be like, this is how you show them. This is how you get your revenge. Yeah, exactly. The people who know how everything works will be like, you really want to stick it to him? Yeah. But I also think it's actually a very realistic possibility that if he loses, he quits. Again, I am. This is another passion project of mine where I'm underwater. Not as bad as with the Mike Pence market. But John, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a possibility. I don't think there's any possibility or much possibility that he resigns before the election because I think he he believes that he has a chance and he does. Uh, but afterwards, if he loses, yeah, all bets are off. Gregory, get into this market. Trump finishes first term. Take a position of no. Manifest your desires. I am not a robot. We have a question from Alex. This one was very interesting to me. I am a New Zealand expat and there's an election coming up there on September 19th. And I want to use my innate advantage to make some pocket money investing in a market that I know well, except there is no market on Predicted, even though Predicted is a project by Victoria University in Wellington, New Zealand. Is their refusal to add a New Zealand politics market negligence or treachery? They have other foreign election markets. Why not this one? Uh, It's possible that there's a conflict of interest there and that may be why they're avoiding it. But I would suggest that he send an email to markets at predictit.org and ask them to add it. And they might. My name is Alex. I am programmed as a New Zealand expat interested in run script local New Zealand politics. And I would like to know why there is no script <laughs> market for New Zealand. New Zealand is so good at things that I choose to believe that it's because it's a conflict of interest and they just don't want to do anything dishonorable. 
I mean, they decided it was a conflict of interest to let a fucking pandemic take over their country. To their credit, they shut that down (laughs) for violating a conflict of interest. They were like, "Mm, (laughs) let's just sit around with our thumbs up our butts while this deadly disease takes over. No, that's a conflict of interest. Over here in America, they're like, we don't think that way. Fuck it. Run roughshod. What do we care? You seem like a nice disease. Who gives a shit? Sending our kids back to school. I think it's the I think it's the sending. We were talking earlier about why I'm in a bad mood. I mean, I don't even have kids like I could take them or leave them. But it's just like, okay, John, there's a P.S. here from Alex. P.S. John, how do you rate Wellington's skyline? In my opinion, the buildings are no great shakes, but having them nestled in between the bush and the sea is pretty sweet. I like it. The water does a lot of work. It's got great density. And yeah, the buildings are pretty squat. Exactly. I'm not a fan of their tallest building. It's got these little spindly antennas coming off of it. You guys know John does not fuck with these antennas. We know this. He does not fuck with antennas. This feels very substantial. Yeah, it's got good density. It's not linear. Not a fan of linear skylines. Atlanta is a a real linear skyline. Linear skylines can suck an egg. We're here for density along two axes and take those antenna and get them out of here. Yeah. We have a message from Lorraine. Hello, I am aware that M3L44TROX is your password. You don't know me, and you're most likely wondering why you are getting this email, right? Let me tell you, I actually installed a malware on the adult vids, parentheses, pornography website. And do you know what? You visited this website to experience fun, parentheses, you know what I mean. While you were watching video clips, your web browser initiated working as a remote-controlled desktop with a key logger, which provided me accessibility to your screen as well as your camera. Immediately after that, my software program obtained all your contacts from Messenger, Facebook, as well as email. She goes on, I created a double-screen video. First part shows the video you were viewing, parentheses, you have a good taste, LOL. And second part shows the recording of your cam. What exactly should you do? Well, in my opinion, $2,900 is a reasonable price tag for our little secret. You'll make the payment via Bitcoin. If you do not know this, search how to buy Bitcoin in Google. The Bitcoin address is 1BHADE29RBJ, a bunch of letters and numbers. Note, you now have one day in order to make the payment. I've put a special pixel within this email message, and right now I know that you have read this email message. If I don't get the Bitcoins, I definitely will send out your video recording to all of your contacts, including close relatives, colleagues, And I will definitely send your video to your seven friends. However, if I do get paid, I will erase the video immediately. It's a non-negotiable offer. And so please do not waste my personal time and yours by responding to this email. Okay. I got a little freaked out when I got this email from Lorraine. This is not the tone or the spirit that we usually get emails from our listeners. Mm -hmm. So to make it clear, what has happened is that In one of my darker hours, I must have looked at some unseemly videos on my computer. And while I was doing that, Lorraine, this is not the behavior that is typical of our fans, I would assume, installed some kind of spyware that let her film me through my my laptop's camera. She's filming me watching whatever I was watching. And now she wants $2,900 or she's going to send it to my friends and my colleagues. That's us. 
Um, oh, and my close relatives. I bet my parents are included in that. So, John, what what do you think? $2,900. Is this overpriced? That feels high. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's way too high. I kind of think that this is probably bullshit. Really? But are you willing to take that risk? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's time sensitive because she said if she doesn't get the Bitcoins in one day, quote, I definitely will send out your video recording to all of your contacts. The worst thing about this is I now I have to go learn about Bitcoin all of a sudden. She's extorting me and giving me homework. What if I learned some misinformation about Bitcoin and, th- and then I get it wrong because I read the wrong article about what Bitcoin is? She says she's aware of your password. Is that a password that you've used before? The password that is quoted in this email is a password that I have used in the past. Hmm. It is no longer a current password unless it's a current password for like, you know, some website that I haven't looked at in 20 years. MySpace. Flickr.com. Remember when everyone's so crazy about Flickr? Here's my question. What is the price that you would pay? What if, if it just said $20? Would you pay $20? I wouldn't pay anything. You'd be like, fuck it. Send the videos. I don't give a shit. The world's ending anyway. Let them see what I look at in the middle of the night. What do I care? I mean, maybe I would. Maybe I would. Remember when, whoo, we're about to get into it now, John Kimball. Remember when Josh Marshall of Talking Points Memo accidentally tweeted out some porn on his Twitter account? I do remember that. Yes. Oh my God. Were we texting each other very hard that day, John? <laughs> and he actually came out and he was like, yeah, I did it. Whatever. I look at porn. People should look at porn. Who gives a shit? And I was kind of like, wow. Okay. JMM. Talking points memo, stepping up. I'm with John. I think it has to be say no to extortion. Wait, 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 wait. I would not always say no to extortion. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'm certain this is fake. If I thought it was real and I was really concerned, I don't know. No, John, we have to stick together. Say no. Say, you know what? I'm not paying your ransom. And if you think what I was looking at was weird, go hit up my friend Kid Midas Go look at his spy cam footage you shot of him spending 12 hours a day watching YouTube videos about how to repair tape recorders from the 1970s. <laughs> drool coming out of his mouth. He looks narcotized and aroused. If you if this was happening, wouldn't you be able to get ahead of it and send an email to everyone you know oh. saying, you're going to get this, don't click? Oh, that's really smart. I didn't even think about that. Say a woman, a, a human woman named Lorraine is going to send you some... Fun videos. Do not click on it. I don't trust Lorraine. She is not acting in good faith. That's what I would say. If Lorraine was smart, she would figure out whatever John said to predict it, to prove that he was a human. Lorraine would be following human, actual humans trying to prove their humanness so she could simulate being a human. Oh my God. If Lorraine and the Predicted Bots teamed up, they would bring this podcast and its hosts to their knees. <laughs> I just want to say my bet of the week is that uh, Biden is going to announce his VP this week. I'm all in. I'm maxed out. So if he doesn't, I'm going to lose big. All the chips in the middle of the table. Cool. Starly, what's your bet of the week? (sighs) The VP market. I don't have any. I can't do. I have no other bets (laughs) until this market is resolved. Fair enough. John, do you think it's going to be beginning of the week or end of the week? I think it's going to be closer to the end of the week. It's going to be Harris. My bet of the week. We didn't get to it this week, but the roll call put out their updated list of the 10 most vulnerable Senate seats in the country, including Ed Markey's seat, even though in that case it's under threat from a primary opponent in the same party. But I was happy to see Tom Tillis, Republican of North Carolina, number four most vulnerable seat. Democratic challenger Cal Cunningham is breaking away from the 
uh, right-wing bootlicker Tom Tillis. There was an amazing article in The Intercept this week about Tom Tillis's political devolution. And I'm getting more into Cal Cunningham taking that seat away from Tom Tillis. Which party will win the U.S. Senate race in North Carolina in 2020? I think real clear politics at this point, the average has Cal Cunningham up by at least seven points. So let's get it done, North Carolina. Get Tom Tillis out of that Senate seat and let Cal Cunningham have a shot at it. Cal Cunningham, of course, is is not Cory Bush, but he's a fuck ton better than Tom Tillis. So I'm, I'm investing more in that market. I think I'm going to be taking a bit of a vacation after this market. Whoa. If if I can get the payday that I hope for, I'm going to take a few weeks off because I really am tired of it. Predict it was trying to help me. You know, it was an intervention on their part. I actually asked them to do that. I said, <laughs> he's not a bot, but I'm worried he's turning into a bot. Right. As always, you can send questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com or submit them via Patreon, patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers, where we have just posted our review of our favorite Queen Latifah films. More exclusive Patreon content coming shortly. We are the Election Profit Makers. We will prove we are human. (laughs) We are not robots. We are humans. We are the Election Profit Makers. Hang in there, guys. Take care. Good luck. (laughs) Good luck, human scum. (laughs) See you next week.